This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Well, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover and lifelong Brave fan, the uh, Josh Sroka. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good, um, good. Yeah, lifelong Braves fan over here. How can After you all that Braves jersey? I can't find one. I looked. I found one. I found one. Uh, my, this room sounds weird. I found one uh, Brave shirt at Target over the weekend, and it was like a double XL. So that was not going to fit me. I tried. I tried to get a Braves fan so I could fit in a Braves shirt so I could fit in with everything over here. Even went and watched uh, the World Series last night with a Braves fan, hoping they would win it in, in Atlanta. Yeah, it looked like it. What a grand slam <laughs> first inning! And then yeah, is anyone more excited right. that the Astros came back than Bud Selig? Yeah. The... Or is the, it's not see like who's the current guy? Fred Manfred. Yeah. Fred Manfred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. If you would show up on this podcast with a brave jersey, I might just end this whole thing. I know that's why I wanted I to mean, do it. I've been wanting to do it to tease you. Podcast, Josh. You should start your own Braves podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna call it the Tomahawk Chop. Okay. Which I assume there's a Braves podcast already. Reviews. There's better. There's better be a bod- Braves podcast already using that name. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've never listened to Braves podcast because Me either. I'm an Orioles guy. So. Me either. I am an Orioles, Orioles guy, guy too. So I guess we're different in that respect. I'm just an Orioles guy. I'm just yeah. And you know, if I'm around Braves people, I, I I'll support them. Did 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 you stay till the end of the game yesterday? Uh, I did. Yeah. You stayed till the end of the game. Yeah, like midnight. It was yeah. a four-hour game. Like. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was uh, it was it was after midnight, definitely when I left. Oh yeah, it was. It was. I looked it up. It was on the dot four hours. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. The game, time the game started eight fifteen or whatever. Yep, twelve fifteen. Yep. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing, and that's not good for baseball at all. But it was. But yeah, it was a long game, and I, I stayed not, because yeah. I really wanted Atlanta to win at home. Yeah, I know it's always fun to see the team win in their stadium. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, four. What is it? Is now three more at, at Houston? Or two do, more. Do they get two or do they get all three of them? There's only two left. 
it's three to two right now. Oh yeah, there's, there's two left. Yeah, it's so math. Yeah, so it's three two games two. in Houston. Seven, two, three, yeah. two. Carry the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So how are you doing? We kind of jumped the podcast straight into uh, Braves talk. How was your Halloween? It was fine. It was fine. Uh, kids dressed up. You know, we're in the. We got a new house now. Yeah. Last and you got year, townhomes. That's a big. That's a big deal for trick or treating. Yes. In the farmhouse last year, we had to go to a to a different neighborhood to go trick or treating, and everyone on the Eastern Shore knows Northbrook is Northbrook. To go to. So just all of the Eastern Shore goes to one neighborhood called Northbrook, and that's where everyone uh, in the Eastern Shore does a trick or treating. Okay. Is that um, the rich neighborhood or just a lot of houses? Yeah, both. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um, but this year, since we live in the townhouse, it's amazing. We walked two streets and we're good. You know, we, we, we hit, you know, a little, you know, did a circle around a house yeah. and went up one street and we're good. Because there's like, you know, we hit like 70 houses just like in two streets. I know. Because these t- houses are so packed in together. That's good. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, That's good. But yeah, Saz was a race car driver. Uh, the Danny Burt Rody, he, he came over as well. Oh, what was uh, he dressed up as? I don't know, Josh. He, he, he was, was, but was he in costume? Yeah, ha, yeah. Him and Laura were. Of course, a, they are. It's a show, um, Karate Kid, but it's like a current show with Karate Cobra, Kid. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. That's right. I did see a picture of him in Cobra I've Kai. I've never heard of that before, but that's it's thing. a it's a Netflix show. Yeah, and but you know, good good for Albie, Bert's kid. He was representing Orioles. So all right. Trey Mancini had the right. makeup on. He was I get out. that. It's also a lazy costume. We've all done it. Mm, I feel like that's lazy for a 35-year-old man. For him, he had the eye black makeup. He right. had the stirrups. He had the official except, thing. Except he is the Zany Burt Rody's kid. So you know he has all that when he goes to his Little League practice also. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think we spent a total of maybe $10 on costumes for our kids. I'll tell you what. So. I went went over to the X's and walked around uh, trick-or-treating with the kids. Yeah. And Camden is now seven. I think seven is the perfect age for trick-or-treating. Yeah. Because she would be excited and run to every house. And then if she got a full-size candy bar, she would be yelling down the street. They're giving out full-size candy bars here. Yeah. Like, it's the greatest thing in the world. So, I think seven is the perfect age for trick-or-treating. Yeah, I think that's about right. We had, like, two. We had to split up a little bit because Silas and Albie were up there running to every house. Right. Vague, of course, can't keep up, can't keep up at all. <laughs> um, so, we had, like, two little sections. Go, go, that go, makes sense. On there. But, but yeah, I think I think you're right, seven. We, there was some also I saw on Facebook, residents of Centerville, some Facebook or, no, some neighborhood shaming at the older kids going out trick or treating, I saw round upon. I saw more older kids than I normally see last night. Yeah, and I don't know if it's I get older and I get more irritated at the older teenagers, and I'm torn because like I kind of part of me says, "Oh yeah, that's shame. The old kids shouldn't do this." Yeah, but then the part of me is like, I'd rather them come out and trick or treat and be kids than some party and getting drunk. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think it, about it my seems own like high school is Eastern Shore. And exactly. Yeah, trick or treating than doing something else. Right. Like, high schoolers yeah. get in so much trouble and do so many stupid things. I would much rather them go trick or treating. Yeah. Also, so. age is a tricky thing because you'll see a kid who looks like he's 20, who's really 12. Like, age can <laughs> trick right. you. You got to be careful right. with that. Here's what it is. Here's what I determined last night where I was like, oh, you're too old. Costume. Uh, facial hair. 
You see, yeah, I don't know. If, if you have natural facial hair, I feel like you shouldn't be doing that. But Josh, I teach I teach freshmen who have better beards than me, so I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, why do I not remember kids in my class having beards when I was in high school? I mean, because you had a you know a I mean, strict beard rule. In I mean, high school no, yeah, I don't I think know. so. And I went, I yeah, I had a I went to a small school. Yeah. But I don't remember knowing high schoolers with beards when I was in high school. I know. And you got I've got freshmen with beards. Yeah. It's true. I, yeah, I don't recall it either. It's got to be like a. Uh, uh, like the chemicals we're putting in our foods or something, right? The HGMOs in the <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be like all the chemicals they spray on the vegetables. Yeah. Um, or all the fast food, whatever they put in the fast food. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, we've known for a while, right, that, that kids are just kind of in America. Sometimes the kids grow up just bigger. Um, yes. Chemicals put in food, and so maybe the beard is part of that too. I think it's the it is it's the same chemicals that are making these giant tomatoes are making yeah. kids grow beards. Yeah, it's it's possible. Yeah. So you can't even you know kick a walk in with a beard. It, it could be it could be a you know twelve years old. And you just never know. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. You got to care for the age. But no, I, again, I don't care. I don't it's care. better than it's better than what else you're going to do. Yeah, I don't care. I don't Though care. I also saw a whole lot of parents dressed up, and I don't know. How I feel about that? Oh uh, yeah, I felt we were walking around. I saw a lot of parents dressed too. I felt a little bit like crap. Maybe I should have dressed up. We didn't dress up. Does all. your neighborhood do the adult treats? My neighborhood does a whole lot of adult treats. Yeah, they do. We got I, the phrase is boozed. We got boozed, and we're supposed to pass on the booze to someone else, where they leave something at yeah. the door. No, like uh, I feel like not quite half, but a good amount of the homes we went to to get candy, they also had jello shots or syringes filled with something mm. or beer cans or uh, margarita machines. Uh, lots, of, lots of alcohol for a Sunday night in a quiet neighborhood. Yeah. I was walking around with a beer can as well just to fit in. So, But did you bring it from your home or did you trick or treat it? I brought it from my home. <laughs> like I feel like – Oh, if that, you no, rip- I think you're onto something, Josh. Maybe they should have like adult trick or treating at the like you can show. No, they do. The That's what I'm saying. That's what they oh, have in this I house. That. Yeah, like they have a table at the house for kids and a table at the house for adults, oh, <laughs> and the adults that. can go That's up great and get the alcohol. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, that's that was all in this neighborhood. No, we had a neighborhood party on Saturday night that was for kids and adults, but then you know, on Sunday it was, but but I, I did feel a little left out because I didn't dress up. And maybe I should have. Oh, yeah, because um, you and Emily traditionally do twin costumes. Yeah, but that's... Or uh, couple costumes, not twin costumes. Right, but that was before kids when we'd go to Halloween parties. Right, exactly, when life was fun. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, it was, it was good. It was good. But Emily hasn't gotten you into the family costume yet? No, I was expecting some kind of you know, frozen themed yeah, like, costume. Like, yeah, like you get to be Olaf. Um, no, but it turned out that Faye was Elsa because she's obsessed with Frozen. Right. And we just found a, a race car outfit on like a giveaway website. You know, one of those websites that gives mm-hmm. stuff away, yep. Facebook giveaway or whatever. Um, and so Sass didn't really care what he wanted. Uh-huh. <laughs> he he just wants was. candy. So yeah, so he just put him. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. So he was fine with whatever. Awesome. Good. Yeah. You know, your your wife texted me today. Oh, yeah, why? Apparently, there's some more manly duties that need to be done around your house that she needs me to take care of next month mm-hmm. or in a few weeks. Well, that's surprising because, 
Usually, if it's a manly duty, the father-in-law comes over. So maybe the father-in-law must yeah, be busy. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So she has to text you. So I guess, Florida. yeah, father-in-law wasn't is pretty busy, so I had to reach out to me. Yeah, she didn't even ask me. I didn't even get a text about it. I, I think she knows. I, I, I think she knows she best. She doesn't even bother to ask me. Anymore. Right. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be helping her out in a, in a few weeks. When we were first married, she used to ask me to do these things, mm-hmm. and then I would just say I would do them, but never do them until the father-in-law <laughs> right. came over. Now she doesn't even ask me anymore. So that's nope. nice. Yeah, yeah, she knows. She's learned her lesson. Yeah, that's yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. The uh, it's weird. The Ravens having a bye this week. I felt like it came like early or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just yeah. the whole year. Maybe it's the fact that it's unbelievable that it's already November. But having the Ravens having a bye, it seems crazy that we're already like a good chunk into the season. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like many other teams have had buys. I guess. I, I think this is. I think this is the second bye it's week. The second bye week. Based on my fantasy football adjustments. Yeah. Um, don't get me started with my fantasy football. <laughs> Derek Henry. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. How about that guy for the Jets? Four hundred and five yards. Ravens now in first place thanks to the Jets. Well, and I don't want to get into my gambling and how I'm a degenerate gambler and how I'm losing all my money. But, but this week I was like, look at all these bag of quarterbacks. Let me back up the Vikings. Let uh, let me. I thought maybe Baker Mayfield. Uh, well, Baker Mayfield he did start. So I was like, I was all on Baker Mayfield because he's starting. And then let let me get this Jets backup quarterback. But like these backups. Um, all played well, and yep. the backups all won. I was like, I guess I think of it from the Ravens' perspective, where can you imagine if we played a game? Like, okay, so the Cowboys and Vikings line was, you know, three points. Um, the, the Vikings were three-point fa- fa- favorites. Right. And that was when um, Dak Prescott was supposed to start. When it was announced that Cooper Rush, this guy you never heard of, Cooper Rush, was going to start, the line moved to four and a half. The backup start came in, and it just moved a point and a half. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. You bring yeah. the backup, the line only moves a point and a half? If, can you imagine if that was the Ravens? If the Ravens were three-point uh, underdogs, and you take out L- Lamar well, Jackson. That's, well, what it, no, we're, Lamar we're Jackson. Like a ten-point underdog at that point. Right, um, right. So, but it's not true for other teams, I guess. <laughs> no, we'll watch, we, we've watched the Ravens. This team is 100% about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, everything with this team is Lamar. But it's amazing that, and uh, you saw the same thing happen with the Saints, yeah. uh, where Jameis Winston went down, and who knows who uh, that guy from Denver came in and played uh, Simeon or whatever played play, played really well. These backups played really well, and you, you assume a backup comes in, oh, it's done, it's over. But no, this week the backups played well, and yeah, you're, I'm happy that it was felt like a win for the Ravens because the Browns lost and Cincinnati lost. Yeah, bumped us in the first place. Yeah, and which so is great. On the buy, and, and let's see. I'm curious because I don't know if the Ravens are good or not. So I'm curious to see. I had a uh, I had a good when you're talking bet, and I had a good bet on uh, this weekend. I only played one bet, and I did a big parlay. Okay. Nice. And as long as the, as long as the Chiefs win tonight, I'll win it. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, money line. Uh, money line. Yeah. And that's my new thing. The 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 point spread screws me all the time. Yeah. So I only bet money line. Well. I mean, I guess you stayed away from the Cincinnati game then, huh? The Cincinnati, here, all right, the Cincinnati game scared me. I don't know why, 
because they're clearly better than the Jets. It might have been the fact that I always count on Joe Flacco, and the Jets picked up Joe Flacco last week. We didn't but play, but yeah. I know he didn't play, but still, for some reason, I kept looking at that game, and that game scared me. So I went with all the favorites. I went with the Bills, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and, and the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do say I'm in a survivor pool, and I love the Bengals upset because I was down to 55 people in my survivor pool, and that knocked out 29 people. Mm, So more than half the people got knocked out in that game. Yeah, that's what happens. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This this is the time of the year where we just talk about whatever because there's only a little bit of Orioles news to talk about. Yeah, I got a couple – World Series thoughts. Besides the four-hour games, which are... I mean, think about that. You go watch a Lord of the Rings movie and still have time, time left over. The, the four hours is, is done, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that go. Um, but I got a couple of takeaways from the World Series. The, okay. the first comment I want to make is um, there's been a lot made of the starting pitching and kind of how starting pitchers don't pitch very much. And I'm not sure if this is because I think there's something here about the, we talked a lot about it throughout the season, begin the season, how pitching's gonna be a real big problem for these teams come yeah. September, October because of last year there's just right. like the, the, pitching. The Braves had a guy make his major league debut starting yeah. a World Series game. Yeah. I know, it's just insane. It's ridiculous. Well, and you look at even even the um you look at even the, and I find all this encouraging for the Orioles, by the way. I find all this encouraging for the Orioles uh, because I keep on thinking that for the Orioles to be competitive in the AL East, they need to have the perfect team. But if you look at, at, at someone like, if you look at the Braves, as far as their starting pitching, right, because that's the biggest weakness of the Orioles, the, 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 the starting pitching, um, the Braves have one pitcher in like the top 15 of F4, of Fangraph's war. And that's Charlie Morton, who they signed as a free agent. Who we've got to talk about today. For a one-year, $15 million deal. Yeah, we'll come back to him and his impressive feat. Impressive, and, yeah. And for the Astros, they only have one guy starting pitcher in war in the top 30. And that's Lance McCullers, who's not even pitched in the World Series because of forearm soreness or something. And so if you look at all the best pitchers in the MLB, right, you go through your Walker Bueller, you go through your well, Scherzer, your Garrett Coles, um, your, you know, your Brandon Woodruff, your, your Corbin Burns, your Zach Wheelers, whoever you want, your Jose Breas. None of them, none of these top pitchers are in the World Series. So for me, it goes to show that you do not have to have the perfect team. You don't need to have five aces. You can just kind of figure it out. Um, get to the playoffs, and then, you know, roll yeah. the dice. But this is also where you could make the argument that the the World Series does not have the best baseball teams in it. Absolutely. Because there's that's a bunch of 100-win teams that are not in the World Series. Yeah, but that's part of my point is you don't need to have – you don't need to be the Dodgers. No. Right? And like this is a flawed team. <clears throat> like I think sometimes we want, we want the Orioles to be this kind of perfect juggernaut team and have – you know, the perfect guy at every position. Right. And, and you don't have to have that. You don't have to wait till 2040 when all this stuff comes together. Like, you can put together a team right now that could be competitive, and then you get lucky, and you do what the Braves do, and you trade for three outfielders, and, and you get on a run, and you make the playoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could. And then when the playoff happens, you who, who knows what will happen. And this, is be, this would be what we know as Raven fans. You get into the playoffs, and you see what happens. Yeah. When the Ravens won the Super Bowl, 
They weren't the best team in the regular season. They got hot for the postseason. Yeah. They went in as a wild card. Yeah. So that's what that's the beauty of playoffs. I mean, I mean, we talk about all the great quarterbacks out there, and that and that's fine. And we, we all want to say it was Lamar Jackson, the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, how does he rank? You know, it's Aaron Rodgers. Right. But we won two World Series with Trent Dilfer. I mean, two Super Bowls with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, it, you don't need to have the best in the league. Um, you know, to you know, to, right. to win the Super. But you're also you're also on to something about the pitchers because even like the Dodgers, they ended up having issues with Max Scherzer not being able to pitch in the playoffs and stuff. Well, and Walker so, Bueller. He, and Bueller. Bueller, he didn't pitch yeah. in that entire championship series. Right. So you're right. There is something to how much wear and tear was there this year after last year. How much did the pandemic season cause this? Yeah. Yeah. And who knows if Charlie Morton um, would have been more well rested, maybe his leg went and broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's got nothing to do with the rest. But, uh, all right, so ball up the middle. Uh, Morton yeah, you, takes it off watching, the leg. I was watching this when it happened. It, it, I mean, it was, yeah. And right. it, it went off the calf or something, and it rolled to Freddie Freeman, and it was just like, okay. Right. And, and whatever. It was, and he was out at first. It was. Right. You see that happen sometimes. Yeah. And he pitches through the pain. Yeah. Gets out of the end and comes back, pitches some more until he pulls himself. Or something. Yeah. Hits, his last pitch, I think, was like 95 miles per hour. Yeah. I think it was 16 pitches total yeah. after getting struck. Turns out it was a broken bone. That's yeah. crazy. A it reminds leg. me of the Kurt Schilling bloody sock incident. Uh, except, yeah. that, except that while he was bleeding, we all knew that was going on. Right. This well, we didn't was, know. I think I, I'm not even convinced that one was real. No, this, this is way more painful. Yeah. This, this actually happened. I'm not even sure the blade stock thing ever really happened. Yeah. I saw some catch up packets over the stock dug out in one angle. Uh-huh. I'm not even sure the whole thing was real. Because <laughs> right, right. it's Kurt Schilling. Yeah, Kurt sure, Schilling. I don't believe anything about him. <laughs> yeah. Um and but this was definitely real. Um yeah. with the broken leg. Got the X ray to prove it. Mm-hmm. No, it's totally crazy. That was crazy. The other comment, and that was just, uh, I forget what else happened in that game. That was just a crazy game. Um, but the other thing I want to mention, again, I always watch the World Series, think about the Orioles, you know, think about these two teams. The, if you look at the payrolls, um, Houston Astros are up there. I mean, they're number fourth in baseball this past year in payroll. Um, but if you look at the, the Braves, I mean, they're, they're number 12 in payroll this year uh, with 100 and uh, um, let's see, with the total payroll being $147 million. I think that's like 12th in payroll. Um, I think that's a good kind of marker to shoot for. And you see other teams in that range, like the Giants and the Blue Jays um, and the Cardinals. And I feel like that's where the Orioles should be as far as payroll. If they can be in that 10 to 14 range in payroll um, when we're actually competitive again, I feel pretty good about that. So that's what I think we should be shooting for. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great. And you're right. All of this is great examples of the Orioles and that it gives hope for the Orioles. I think some of these awards also give hope for the Orioles that we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'm excited as an Oriole fan when I see teams like this in the playoffs. You see World Series Ravens all were up this year, too. I think they were down. I saw they were down. I thought I saw they were up. No, I saw. I thought they were down. I know game one was down big time, but I don't know. Like I'll check. You, can, you can look that up. But there's also, like, make no mistake about it, there is a direct correlation between payroll and wins, right? Like, very, um, if you look at the top 
you know, I don't know, 15 teams, take out the Cubs and Nationals, who just blew up in the midway of the season. Um, almost every team, with the exception of what the Mets, the Angels, and the Padres, all the other teams are over 500. And if you look at teams kind of in the bottom, like 17 down, the, the only team with a winning record are the Mariners and the Rays. So there is, like, the exception is the Rays, and this year the Mariners. The rule is if you have, if you're in the bottom half as far as salary goes, you're not going to be over 500, right? You're going to be a below right. average machine. So, like, you have to spend money. And occasionally you'll be the Mariners who didn't make the playoffs this year, but they were the exception because they were over 500 despite having a little payroll. And the, you know, the Rays are always, always the exception. Yeah. Um, and the Athletics are, are usually the exception too, even though they never really win the World Series. Um, but but you have to be in kind of that upper half right. of payroll if you really want to be competitive. And so I feel like the Orioles, whether it's this offseason or next offseason, they need to start moving that direction. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that sounds good. Uh, you're right. World Series ratings are down or they're low, but they're up from last year, oh, okay. where last year was like the lowest ever. Okay. They're at least above that. All right, fine. So. Um, yeah, and the the four hour games ending. Well, that doesn't help. Midnight, it cannot help. help. At least on the East Coast. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've been able to watch one game to the end. I usually watch like the sixth inning or seventh inning, and then I'll listen to the rest on the radio. But I usually fall asleep in like the eighth inning as I'm listening to it. Yeah, no, I only stayed up because I was at a friend's house. Yeah, Otherwise, you're right. Saturday I would have fallen asleep. Or Friday, that was the only one. Because um, I wanted a little of that Braves magic. I mean, I missed that as an Orioles fan. Yeah. Um. So, the, oh, the other note about payroll, just I was looking at payroll numbers a little yep. bit. You know, the Orioles had the second to last lowest payroll this year, which is not surprising. They spent $53 million on payroll. Only the Indians um, were I'm, lower. That's the, the surprising part is that we weren't the lowest. Yeah, $50 million. But what we were the lowest in, the only reason we weren't the lowest is because of Chris Davis. What mm-hmm. we were the lowest in is if you break it down by 26-man payroll. All right, so just look at the 26 men on your roster and okay. track how much they made this year. We were, um, okay, that makes sense. Their 26-man uh, payroll this year was $13 million. <laughs> which means like that's the like less are than one $500,000. Yeah. That's less than like your star on another team. Yeah, then that's the lowest in baseball. Um I mean the Pirates are worth 16 million and the Marlins were at 16 million and then the next lowest so you have the Orioles at 13, the Pirates and Marlins at 16 and then the next lowest was the Indians at 35. Or I'm sorry, no, the Rangers at 24 and then the Mariners 35, but it was um, – for comparison's sake, we spent $13 million on our 26-man um, payroll. Um, the Dodgers spent $174 million. The Yankees on the 20 – just on the 26-man roster, not the 40-man, not the minors, just their 26-man roster spent $141 million. The Mets spent $154 million. The Astros spent 147. The Red Sox, $142 million. The Phillies, $145 million. So, like – we spent $13 million on our roster. Um, and that's the number to me that's forget the overall salary because that includes, I think that might include Alex Cobb this past year. That definitely yes. included Chris Davis. Um, but as far as what we're paying the extra players on our, on our team, lowest in baseball, $13 well, million, a hundred, I don't know what, $150 million less than the Dodgers and 110 million, a lot less than a lot of these other teams. 
who are competitive teams. Which makes sense because we have no one under contract. Everyone that we have is arbitration. Yeah. We really have no one. Literally, we have zero yeah. players. If so. we had all players under contract to show up at the game, there would be no one there. <laughs> that is correct. Currently under contract. It's really weird. Yeah. But again, that's something to bring hope for the offseason. Yeah. The other thing, just one more note about the World Series, and then be done talking about the World Series, we get to some awards. Awards, I mean, um, is we get to watch Carlos Correa play every day. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle on Twitter today, with Orioles Twitter, talking about signing Carlos Correa. I guess like there yeah. was this fight. This is like the dumbest fight ever. This is what makes me so mad about people. Like the fight was about whether the Orioles, whether or not the Orioles should pursue signing Carlos Correa. Yeah, what was the argument not to? That the window is not here yet. Like we shouldn't start. Uh, I hate. I hate that argument. I hate the whole window argument. It's so dumb. Anyone. I don't care what. I don't care what year it is or what your record was or what, like any fan who argues against signing the best available free agent. Like, I don't understand you. When you sign Carlos Correa, it doesn't matter who's on your team. Your window instantly opens. When you add a player like that, you always have an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't understand. Even if you think that the Orioles won't be competitive next year. Even if you think if they sign Carlos Correa, they still won't be competitive next year. I still would want Carlos Correa on my team, even if I didn't think it meant we were going to be competitive next year. Like, I still want Carlos Correa on my team. Like, I don't understand any argument that you can make where you think signing Carlos Correa is a bad thing. Um, unless you, you, unless they're going to sign him for a 20-year billion-dollar deal and you don't want it to, you know, hinder what you do in 10 years. But... You know, Michael Elias is not going to do anything stupid like that. We're not talking about about that. So I don't I don't really understand an argument against not not to mention Carlos Correa's skill set is different than that of Chris Davis. He plays a different position, a different history. Like I know we all go with the Chris Davis route for for a big contract, but this is a different situation. And I don't think we should you know shy away from all free agent contracts just because of one bad experience. But yeah, I mean, I don't think the Orioles will sign Carlos Correa. But they should, and I don't understand the argument from a fan. I mean, I get maybe if you're Michael Elias, like you, you can talk about it, like you know how much you want to spend, right player, right price. But from a fan perspective, it's not my money. From a fan perspective, how could you not want Carlos Correa on your baseball team? I don't understand that. Yeah, no, you are correct. It doesn't make sense. So the fact that it's controversial is just so annoying. But there yeah. is this group of Oriole fans, right, who tick me off because they think that they want to perpetually fill the team with young players, young players, young players. And I feel like they're more concerned with having a bunch of top 100 prospects than they are with, with having a playoff team. Because these guys are about top 100 prospects unless they equate to a competitive playoff baseball team. That's the only scenario where I care about top 100. And I'd rather have zero top 100s and a playoff team than a hundred top 100 and no playoff. Baseball. And show me one baseball team that's completely full of top 100 prospects. That it, It's impossible. You, it doesn't work that way. Right. Even because, top 100 prospects is a, is a gamble. Right. Because eventually they graduate and go off right. the list. And yeah, exactly. If your whole goal is just replenishing the top 100 list, well, that means your goal is to trade away major league talent and draft high in the draft every single year, every single year, every single year. And it's also like if you – no team – 
has ever won anything with all their prospects. It's not like I feel like the people who do that argument think that rebuild means we suck for seven, eight years, and then suddenly we have a team of prospects and these guys play together for 20 years and win us 10 championships. Yeah. I mean, and, and Oreo fans should know better, right? Because we, we can go down a list of first-round picks. We didn't work out. All of them. I, I mean, I can give you top prospects. I can give you a chance, Cisco. I can give you a DJ Stewart more, more, more recently. Um, we can go down the Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman route. We can go down with all the pitchers. We can go all the way back to Ben McDonald if you, if you want to go there. Like we can talk about first round busts all day. We can talk mm-hmm. about top prospects. We can talk about Eugenio Diaz. We can talk about top prospects. Hunter Harvey. Not to be top prospects. We can talk about Hunter Harvey. Supposed to be a great starter. Now he can't even be a bullpen arm. Just go through um, the cavalry. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah. member of the cavalry. Yeah, we can do this all day. I mean, the Orioles should know better. Orioles yep. fans should know better than to put all their eggs. And you can say, well, this is a new regime. This I is don't, Mike Elias regime. No, well, I, I think it's. Mike Elias two years ago drafting a guy who hasn't even seen the field um, because of, you know, stuff related to COVID-19 and heart issues. Now, listen, that's not Mike Elias' fault. That's not the player's fault. But yeah. that's evidence that, like, stuff happens when you draft a guy. And it's like four years to the time that they made in majors. In those four years, crazy stuff can happen. Um, unfortunate stuff can happen. And for everything to go right through all those years is almost just as surprising as when everything goes wrong for that process. I think it's not people focused on a new regime, as you said, but I think it's new young fans. That their entire childhood, they've seen, oh, well, the Orioles suck. Because when the Orioles were good for that little bit, not too long ago, these kids were still kids. Yeah. And I think they don't understand. There's, there's a whole generation now that doesn't understand that didn't even go through the 14 years of crap yeah. that we had to go through. I mean, even, even look at a guy like uh, Matt, Matt Wieters, right? Like Matt Wieters, who had a, who had a nice career with the Orioles and yeah. um, even after the Orioles with what, the Braves and the, what, end up with the Cardinals, I think. Um, yep. Like, even him, though, he was not. He was touted to be, you know, Mount Tower, Jesus and Cleats, whatever you want. He yeah. never lived up to the hype of his prospect ranking. Yeah. And so I, th- I, know, I know Adley Rutschman's a canvas prospect. But, <laughs> right. But you want to wonder, yeah. But, and, and honestly, knows? I think he's going to be great. But, but uh, yeah, it could be Weeders. Great, great, uh, Rodriguez, he's been great. I watched Dylan Bundy. Go through the minors with a zero ERA. He pitched like, mm-hmm. like an ERA of zero. Like there was no one more dominant in the minors right. than Dylan Bundy. So don't, don't give me with this Grayson Rodriguez's double A numbers. Um, D D D D D a Hall. I'm as big of a D a Hall guy as anybody. They, I saw Baseball America or something came out with you know rankings and they said that in our minor league system, D L Hall has our best fastball and curveball. Of anyone in the in our in, in our system, and we got some good pitchers in our system, but he yeah. he ended last year on the IL, and there you're talking about pitchers and injuries. Uh, you mentioned Hunter Harvey, like <laughs> pitchers get hurt all the time. Yep. You mentioned Dylan Bundy, like pitchers get hurt all the time, and so none of these are guarantees. These are all question marks, and so um, I, I don't even know how we started down this road, and I I want to get prospects. And uh, yeah, this was we were still better. talking. We were still talking about the World Series. Yeah, and I, I, but you need to. I mean, you look at the uh, the Braves, right? Their ace, Charlie Morton, they signed to a one year deal. Yeah, and they just up to another one year deal. You know, for, like there's, 
Um, you know, you you can sign a good pitcher to a one-year deal and, 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 and build your team that way. I mean, I think part of the argument is, I mean, the Braves traded for their whole outfield, <laughs> literally a whole outfield they, they traded for. They built around guys like Fred, Freddie Freeman, um, their best hitter, Acuna, out for the year, their best pitcher, shout out to our kind of namesake, Mike Soroka, out for the year. Um, and... And they still found ways to be competitive and compete and make it to the World Series. And so I think if you're just going to sit here at the Orioles and wait around for all these prospects to turn out, A, half of them won't. B, even if they turn out, all turn out, you need to supplement them with major league talent. And so at some point, you're going to have to start, you know, bust on the paycheck and, and making those deals. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah, the that's Orioles all can my learn. In the World Series, I think. Yeah. So Josh, I, do you think the um, is, have we witnessed the death of the starting pitcher, or is this just a one-year kind of blip thing? I think this is a one-year blip. Year. I think this is a one-year blip. I think it's a weird year because of protecting pitchers, because we are seeing did cut to the playoffs and see there was a lot of wear and tear. I think the players, the starting pitchers, are gonna prepare this offseason better and come back next season strong. The starting the. The starting pitchers and the ace immediately come back in the game as soon as you got dominant pitchers again. Yeah. I mean, if you think about if the Dodgers were healthy and you were rolling out Scherzer and Bueller and right. Arias. We wouldn't be having this Kershaw, discussion. Like, I mean, those guys would be throwing six, seven innings every single start um, if they were healthy. Yep. Um, I agree. But, yeah, I also wonder, like Mike Elias, I feel like, was very careful about managing the innings throughout the year. And then you saw at the end of the year, even the Orioles, right? You saw them shut down Matt Harvey. Um, um, you, you, you saw the Orioles at the end of the, end of the year kind of shutting down guys yeah. um, because they were reaching their pitch limit and stuff, and there's no kind of no reason to push it. And so, yeah, I wonder next year if you're going to still be careful with those guys. And maybe just teams need to learn to be careful with their pitchers in the beginning of the season and middle of the season so you have them there healthy for the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Not too concerned. All right. You're not going to write a, you know, I feel like every reporter has written an article about how this is terrible for baseball, the death of certain. Um, no, I don't have time to write articles anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm more concerned about the four hour games than I am about the. I think the, the yeah, the four hour game. The fact that kids cannot stay up to see the end of a World Series game is a bigger issue about the future of the game. Yeah. Or like, I know I'm like kids. I don't know. I'm a dad with kids, and I can't do it either. What time does the Super Bowl start? The Super Bowl has the most commercials of any football game. Yeah. It's the longest of any football game. Yeah. What time does the Super Bowl start? Do you know? I don't know. I, I guess it starts around 8, 8, 8, 8, 8 o'clock, I would guess. Uh, no. It starts at 6.30. Uh, 6.30 Eastern time. Yeah. And There's I a bet, big I, difference. I bet, on average, I bet it's right around four hours with all those commercials. Yeah. But guess yeah. what? How many kids do you know that stay up and watch the entire Super Bowl? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Baseball needs to correct this. And baseball well, and games need to start at 630. And that's one game, right? Like, it's, it's not seven games. If the World Series was one game, I could probably even stay up for a minute for one game. All right. But you know what you got to do? Games four, five, six, and seven need to be early games 
Because what do you want to see? What do you want kids to see? You want to see the trophy lifted. Yeah. You want to see the confetti. You want to see the celebration, the excitement. That's how you get kids. If you want to get kids in Atlanta excited about Braves baseball, let them witness their team winning the championship. Yeah, and I guess like my 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 bigger issue is the as far as I mean I, I wish games would start earlier, but my bigger issue is I mean game one. I just looked it up. It was four hours and six minutes. Game one. Uh, yeah, I mean Bowl, that's a problem. Long. And the Super Bowl has a freaking literally has a a concert at halftime, and the Super Bowl is not four hours and six minutes. Like what, what, what are we talking about here? They need to pick up the pace of play. They need a freaking pitch clock and pick up the pace of play. That's what they need. Yeah, the Super Bowl is averages three and a half hours plus a thirty minute half show built in. Yeah, so so four hours with a concert. Yeah. Baseball, over four hours, no concert. Right. But how do you fix that? How do you make pitch baseball clock. shorter? Pitch clock? Pitch clock is one thing. Don't we have a pitch clock? You don't have, no, but it's not enforced. And you don't but, have but, in the playoffs. And you, you don't have to have – remember that there was that rule. Josh, watch the game. Remember that there was that rule. I think this is still a, really a rule. Maybe this is not a rule. I believe this is a rule of baseball where if it's not a foul ball – the hitter has to stay in the box. Yes. I thought that was a rule. That the hitter, unless if it's a foul ball, he can step out. But for a ball or strike, um, he has to stay in the batter's box. I don't know. That's not right. If that's a rule, that is not enforced anywhere. I'm saying, but I'm pretty sure that's a rule. But now every time, every time the pitcher throws, you have some adjustments of the batter. You got the pitcher, you know, wiping his head, looking in, shaking out. Like it's just, it's, it, it's just so long between every pitch. And this is in like the first, second inning. Like in the major league, in, in like a normal regular season game, you see this happening a little bit in the seventh, eighth inning. Like it slows down a little bit. Right. I mean, yesterday's first and second innings was like two hours. Just the first yeah, two it, was. it was. But it's also, well, it's because of the death of the starting pitching in this World Series, which means. It's partly that, yeah. It's partly that. And you then it's more, the fact that. More pitchers coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got more pitchers because of that. And every inning, every pitcher, everything makes a difference. Oh, it's, oh, it's all huge momentum. So, yeah, you shorten those games by getting a pitcher in there that can go six innings, seven innings. That's how you shorten the game. Uh, and, and, and you give him a pitch clock. All right, yeah, the pitch clock would help too. And I like the stay in the box, but they don't enforce that. And if you want to make it longer for playoffs, you can make it 15 seconds for the regular season and extend it to 20 seconds for the playoffs, whatever, do it. Um, and have the hitters stay in the box and, yeah, all of that and start the games earlier. Yeah. Do well, and I feel like I, I feel like this is old man whiny stuff. No, but, this isn't. This isn't old man watching the whole game. And it's not old man whiny stuff. It's we want as much as anyone. We want young people to find this game and love baseball the way we did. Yeah. We want your kid, your son. We want Silas to be able to fall in love with baseball the way you did. Yeah. Which means watching the whole game, especially when the World Series. Um, it's true. How many kids, you know, I don't know, like my size is too young for but how many, I don't know if Albie is watching. I mean, how many 10 or 11 or 12 year olds on school nights are like, no, like, sorry, you got to go to bed. You can't uh, right. till midnight on a school night. What are you talking in, about? In my life, I've fallen asleep to thousands of Oreo games. Yeah. Especially that's acceptable. Right. That's fine. That's acceptable for West Coast games. It's what happens. It's part of growing up as a kid is falling asleep with the radio. Yeah. Um, but whenever there's a big game, we would get to stay up late and you'd force yourself to stay up late yep. to get through that game. You kind of mentally prepare yourself that tonight's yeah. going to be yeah. 11, um, uh, you know, midnight night. Right. If the Orioles are in the world series, your four-year-old's getting a Red Bull. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's because that might never happen again in their life. Yeah. I feel for Braves fans with kids that are having to keep them up till 1230, 1 a.m. Yep. I, I don't know what you do. I mean, we're taking the week off school, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, Yesterday you had the sugar high of Halloween. You could probably keep your kid up. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Or hope for like Friday, schools were canceled here, Josh. Did you hear about that? Not, not, not yeah. my high school, but my kids' school. Was canceled. I heard. I heard it, it rained a little bit, and you guys got out of school. Yeah, we had flooding, Josh. Significant <laughs> flooding. Right. Yeah, flooding. Sure. Yeah. Well, for the record, I went to school and just, but my son's school was canceled. I did see Annapolis got flooded. I did see that. Yeah. I don't understand why you can't go to school in the rain, but I did see some flooding. Yeah, I don't know why in Arnold. Yeah, there was no flooding in Arnold. Like, I've been to school while it rains hard. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, the other, you want to get some Orioles reward, awards? <laughs> yes. Please, some rewards. Do you have some rewards for some us, rewards too? Some rewards for the Orioles on their great year. Um, and I have one other note about an Orioles picture I want to mention. Okay. Um, Good. Because I've got some questions about these awards. Okay. Well, the baseball world was shocked. When Trey Mancini was announced as comeback player, player, player of the year. Yeah. All right. We all knew that was coming. That, that one was projected in uh, February. Yes. Surprising. No one. Um, yeah. And well-deserved. Uh, but did you like that Cedric Mullins also got nominated for comeback player? I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Judge, what are your thoughts? Ken, because um, I, I don't know how you compare the two, right? Like, one is a guy who struggled. Oh, I can compare the two easily. Good. Another guy, a cancer, yeah. and then came back from cancer. Yeah, like which is more impressive. Two different comebacks. Yeah, and it makes me think Cedric Mullins coming back from crap is more impressive than coming back from cancer. Cedric Mullins was out of the game. He was washed up. He was done. And to put up the numbers he put up, I think, is more impressive than beating cancer. Well, I don't know about more impressive. For me, <laughs> it's different. And on it's the baseball field, it's, it's, it's more surprising. It's yeah. more surprising. This year was more surprising than Trey Mancini's season. Yeah. On, on the baseball field, as far as baseball only, it's more impressive. Trey obviously gets it because of off the field beating cancer. Life is more impressive. Yeah. Right, right. Coming back from life is more impressive. But coming back on the baseball field, Cedric Mullins is really impressive. So it was nice to see him get a little honor. I, I agree. It's just funny that both those names are on the list. When I feel like there should be two separate categories, right? Like life stuff and then just baseball and stuff. <laughs> they should make just a strikeout cancer award, and it's the award for if you beat some off-the-field stuff. Well, I like coming up with player of the year because that includes injuries and other stuff. Mm, true. But, like, I feel like there should be, like, a most improved player award. Yeah, yeah, right, because Cedric Mullins was super impressive. But what did he overcome? Nothing. Right. He, didn't. He, came, he overcame sucking. <laughs> exactly, but that's not that's not overcoming something. That's like, I don't know. You got your head on straight. He overcame being sent to demoted to right. He he overcame uh, switch. He he yeah. He overcame switch hitting. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously Trey Mancini. Easy easy call, but still good to see. Yeah. Um, the, the other one. I don't know where where is it. Um, he was what's 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 the what did Ryan Mancaster win? The outstanding rookie of the year. There and, it is. and that's my question for you. What is the outstanding rookie of the year, and how does that compare to the person who won rookie of the year? Well, I believe the difference is because the rookie of the year hasn't been announced yet. No, um, hold on. Ryan I thought Mancaster. rookie of the year is an. I thought rookie of the year was Garcia. No, no, no it's not announced. Till, I think the fifteenth. 
Then what did Garcia won Rookie of the Year, I'm telling you. Uh, I don't think so. Hold on. Rookie of the Year, 2021. I believe November 15th is announced because I assume Ryan Mackles will win that one as well. Jack uh, Kennedy win, but... Garcia is just the third Ranger ever to win the AL Rookie of the Year uh, in 2021. Okay, this is the Sporting News American League Rookie of the Year. Okay. So Garcia won the Sporting News. Ryan Mountcastle won the Players Association Outstanding Rookie of the Year. Yes, and then Major League Baseball has their awards. This and is who, the Gold Glove Award, which, by the way, uh, a big old snub in the, in the Gold Glove Awards for Cedric Mullins. He's not even on the list as a finalist, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, and the MLB has a Silver Slugger and Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and Cy Young and Most Valuable Player. All right. And they haven't been announced yet. All right, so November 8th is when they're announcing this. Mm, announcing what? The Rookie of the Year? Uh, the, the, the nominee. The, and November 15th is when they announce who, who the winner is. So the question is, right. on November 8th, will Ryan Mankowski even be nominated? Right. Baseball is screwing this up. Nobody cares about your sport on November 15th. You need to make the nominations during the championship series. Then you make the announcement during the World Series series. You've got these days off traveling between cities. You can have a nice little banquet, a nice little presentation on a Monday night that's a travel night. And like tonight, there's no, there's no World Series game until tomorrow. Tonight would be a great night to do some awards. Yeah, I guess. No, but the super impressive thing about Ryan Mancastle, and he, he's surprising that he won. Is that he the, sucked until June? AL Outstanding Rookie. Yeah, and because, you know, these nerds are like, he's a first baseman. Yes. Uh, below left fielder. He can't win. And he has <laughs> average base running skills. He can't win. Yeah, he he, can't he's win a DH. Time. Yeah. And, and he's an Oriole getting recognized outside of Baltimore. Yeah, That's a but, big deal. Yeah, but the reason he was recognized is because he wasn't voted on by the writers. He was voted on by the other players. So I right, think which is more ways, respectful. Yeah, in some ways, like of course, Rookie of the Year is like the big one because it's you know from baseball. Mm-hmm. But in some respects, it's kind of cooler to be announced by your teammates, this, colleagues, the other players, yeah. as the best rookie in all of baseball. This is cooler than the sporting news reporters. Oh, yeah, I, don't really, I don't even know what that sporting news is. I don't even know what that is. This is the news or the thing, right? or the AP, yeah. whatever. Well, this is like, way cooler like, than reporters. Yeah, it was, I would put it up there with the bevies. Like, what, 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 what are we talking about? <laughs> um, let's, yeah, yeah, you're I'll, right. The legit ones, but but the baseball one is the the MLBPA. Yeah, November fifteenth. Yeah, but the MLBPA, the Players Association, announced him Ryan Mancastle is a cool honor for him. But yeah, also Cedric Mullins being snubbed. Is outrageous. That's not even a nominee, a finalist for the center field gold glove. But baseball doesn't have a comeback player of the year. Right. There's no this is the only comeback player of the year award. Right. They got the gold glove. They got the rookie of the year, manager of the, the year. Silver slugger, the silver slugger, manager of the year. So what, what baseball is doing is basically every other day they're unveiling an award. So like... Gold Gloves is November 7th. Silver Slugger, November 11th. Rookie of the Year, November 15th. Manager is November 16th. Cy Young, November 17th. And MVP would be November 18th. So they're doing like awards week. Right. 
I guess that's what you can do when you're on a TV station. Yeah, and 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 there's, I mean, I think they're, and they're trying to get right through the off season, and so this is a way to at least bridge yourself, hopefully, to close to December. Which is which is crazy. Stuff. Which is yeah, which I get on a normal year, but it's crazy that they're going to hand out the MVP award, and then like 13 days later, it might shut down. Yeah. With the CBA. Yeah. So it's getting a little crazy. Like. Um. Yeah, I was. I was as far as um, Silver Slugger awards. Just the finalist um, outfielders. Cedric Mullins did make the finalist for Silver Slugger, so that's another. Um, he's the only guy that kind of was on those lists. Um, and Ryan Mackcastle, I assume, maybe will be a finalist for Rookie of the Year. Though I know he's not expected to win it. It would be a shocker if he won it. And yeah. one, I don't think it'd be even a surprise if he didn't make the finalist list. But Cedric Mullins is on the finalist list for Silver Slugger for outfield. So hopefully he man, he makes it. He's on there with uh, Tesco Hernandez and Aaron Judge. So cool to see him on there. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. The other, just one final note I want to make about the Orioles. And then that's all I got. This, there was an article on Matt on Rock's blog that it just surprised me a little bit. I wasn't... Uh, what, that he got COVID and got married? That one? To, a, no. to someone 14 years younger than him? Is that the one that surprised you? No. No, the one that's titled... The, that sounds like an interesting article I should read. Yeah, that's, that's um, an interesting article from last week, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, Nevins. No. Collins. Mm. Where are you going no. with this? No? Bellinger winning the award. No. All right. All right. Then you got me. Which, which article was surprising you? Here's the headline. Orioles confident in Wells as closer. Now, um, and one of the opening lines of that article says, among the few safe projections for the 2020 season is naming Wells the closer. He gets the initial save chances. And that was just a little surprising to me. Yeah, that's I think weird. That was like set in stone as a done deal. Like, he was in the rule five. He was a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And we moved him to the bullpen for obvious reasons. You don't want to expose him as a starting pitcher. He never pitched above double A or whatever. Right. And so you move him to, to the bullpen where you can protect him a little more. And he thrived in that role. But I thought the Orioles would have been... Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. But I thought maybe they would try him out back as a starting pitcher. He has options this year. You can put him back in a triple-A, have him start every fifth day, see if you want to work that out since we're in such dire new starting pitching. Um, but this article made it sound like, no, it's a done deal. He will be the closer going into next season, which I'm which, not. Like, if that was the I'm result, not against it. Yeah, I'm not against it either. I was just a little surprised that that was such a done deal. I'm not against it. It's kind of – it's one of those exciting things to see a rule five guy kind of work out and like that the Orioles feel like they've got a spot where he can, they have confidence in him in this role and that he can thrive in this role. Well, and it's kind of like bullpen could use the help. Right. And I think it's also, it's also kind of the state of baseball that the bullpen is just in, as, just as important as you're starting pitching. And it's hard to get a guy you can count on, on that back end of the bullpen. So if they think Wells can be that guy, then why mess with a good thing? Yeah. I mean, there are two, most consistent bullpen guys, and by our two most consistent bullpen guys, another way to say that is 
our only two consistent bullpen arms this season uh, was were, were Cole Saucer and Tyler Wells. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, though, that they take a starting pitcher, they put him in the bullpen, and we see this happen before. Like, this was Jason Garcia a few years ago. This is T.J. McFarlane. Like, a lot of these guys are starters. We put them in our bullpen, and then you kind of hide them there. Um, but, you know, one of the great stories last year is you, you watched Tyler Wells pitching, and you didn't need to hide him anymore because he turned out to be really good. Um, I would argue he was even better than, oh, now I just forgot his name, the guy we lost to the Marlins um, in the Rule 5, who I was mad about. Now, uh, uh, Zach Pop? Yeah, Zach Pop, thank you. I was mad about Zach Pop, but Tyler Wallace had a much better year than Zach Pop had over there with Miami. Um, and so this is, this, is, this is good and exciting, but I don't know. I didn't know if they were going to try him back as a starter, but I guess he is now a back end. I don't know about closer because I don't know how much – you know, Brandon Hyde is a I mean, kind of guy, but he Rock, is a back end of the rotation bullpen. I mean, Rock is so, saying closer. Yeah. So. I would say um, high leverage guy, high leverage back end. I, yeah, and I like the idea of a high leverage guy. I like that. Yeah. Um, and Tyler Wells seems like the kind of guy who's good in tight spots. Like he's got. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, he's, he can throw the ball hard, and that's what you want there. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm for that. I like, I like the idea that we can start to pencil in a few guys in these rotations, or yeah. in the in the roster. If we can pencil in uh, Mountcastle, we can pencil in Wells, we can pencil in Mullins and Hayes. I, I like the idea of starting to pencil in these guys on a team that has a whole lot of holes and a whole lot of needs. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, the idea of Tyler Wells not being sent back to AAA to see him develop as a starting right. pitcher, I think is a good thing. I like to see him stay in the majors. I want him um, – and we need some help there in the bullpen. I'm really curious to see how we address and, the bullpen needs because – and I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know and, what's there in the minors. It doesn't seem like much is there in the minors, but you never know. Like Because the right. thing about the bullpen is, like Tyler Wells, starter to pitcher, Dean Kramer, Jorge Lopez, like all these guys going to turn into be pretty good – Bullpen guys, when you really find out they can't stick as starters, that's what we found out this year with Jorge Lopez. I think Dean Kramer might be next on the list, and it's not going to work out. Um, he could move to, to the bullpen and be good under the bullpen. Um, so I think that's kind of the next thing to see happen as these starters fail. Which one of them turned into kind of good bullpen arms? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I also like the idea of. I'm just thinking more about this Wells as the closer now that you've presented it, and I like the I idea. Rock Rebecca presented it. Yeah, but you presented it to me because I didn't read the article. Okay. Um, I like I the idea. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, we could send him to the minors and try to develop him as a starter. But we know that he's got the stuff that he can get through one in in a baseball, that he can get three outs. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah. That we know he can do this, so let's let him do what he can do. I like the idea of not having to develop a guy and instead using him where he's at. Yep. And not trying to teach him new tricks. Yep. Because goodness knows we need help in the back of the bullpen. Yeah. But we've also seen lots of times where we try to develop players and it doesn't work. So. Why not te- let him do what he does? Yeah. Yeah. Why you, you think of that bullpen, you think, well, and you think of back when we were good, back in those years when we were good, um, 14 and stuff, you think about Darren O'Day and Zach Britton at the back of that bullpen. Right. And Darren O'Day was the guy, like Darren O'Day, there was literally no pitcher you wanted in those years with the bases loaded. There's no, like almost Darren O'Day would like just. Right. Get the and, and Ortiz was up. 
just so he can be, just so he can pitch with the bases loaded, mm-hmm. be, be that clutch with the bases loaded. Yeah. Um, I, I never had more confidence in a guy with the bases loaded than Darren O'Day to get out of it. And Zach Britton was, was elite. So you need, I mean. It's important, especially it's in the AL East have, when there's always power. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing from the playoffs, like you can't have enough good bullpen arms. And so yeah. um, this is, yeah, th- this is a good thing. So. Yeah. The Orioles lost a game for not using their good bullpen arm. Leaving Britain in that bullpen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are you... Um, I don't know what you're trying to say about... Are you, are you just taking shots at Buck Showalter? I'm not. I'm not taking shots at Buck um, Showalter. I'm not upset with Buck Showalter about that. I would, okay. Former Orioles starting pitchers who signed... Um, big contracts, and where there was no one nice in the clubhouse, but you're just going to pitch very well. I'm taking shots at that. Who um, Baltimore? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just such a nice guy, though. I know, nice guy. Nice guy. Let's bring him back. Nice guy. Nice guy. Baltimore, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> it would have been nice. How many times do we have to bring in a starter just to be disappointed? Yeah, I, don't know. I was thinking about this the other day too. It's like this this year. Coming up, I just remember last year how much was made about Jemai Jones. Jemai Jones is not a top 100 <laughs> prospect. Jemai no. Jones like can barely sniff our top 30, mm-hmm. and he's not a great prospect. He he's not he doesn't have a ceiling of being a, an yeah. All Star major leaguer. Like yep. his ceiling is maybe a platoon infielder. And there was so much hype all year and frustration and angst by young guys. By me, about not calling up Jemai Jones. All right. I don't think I ever got to Grace Rodriguez and DL Hall and Cal Sowers <sighs> and, you know, Adley Rutzman, of course. Can you imagine just the Hessen Kerstad? Well, Gallagher. I'm hoping. Twitter's going to lose their brains if these guys don't start. Aren't yeah, up uh, some of those guys better start the season with the Orioles. And I, yeah. I am proud that I never got on the Jemai Jones train. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that train. I'm still. I'm still okay. I don't think it's on that train. Really, even though it hasn't left the station. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay, I'm okay with. It. All right, you can get there. You can get there. I'll stick to the trains that are moving. I hope he gets some playing time this year. I hope not, because that that would mean we didn't sign Correa. Oh no, no! I want him some playing. I want him uh, when second base gets hurt at second. I want him stuff. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, I think that covers all the Orioles news this week, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, it's November 1st, and we had a little bit of Orioles news to talk about. Be excited. Yeah, I know. I don't know what we're going to do next week. Next week might be – we might have to bring in the what-ifs. Next week might be our what-if episode. All right. That takes a little – actually, no. Let's do what-if episode over Thanksgiving. Okay. Because we can be together for that. We can get the Zany Burt Roadie involved in that, and that's going to take a little bit of prep. All right. All right, so I'm going to plan that. Okay. The the whatever. Week after uh, Thanksgiving will be what if. Yeah, that takes some prep work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. Hey, we'll yeah. have a uh, World Series champion to talk about next week. Yeah, yeah. It may, it may be a guest. I got I to gotta put in a call. I got I got We can get some guests in here. Yeah, I, I've got, and I've got the, uh, hey, did you check out the uh, the rumor? I did. I saw episode two just dropped. I haven't listened to episode two yet. I, I listened to episode two today. Um, I have an issue with Cal Ripken stories. Okay. Cal Ripken is such an idol of mine. Yes, mine as well. That just talking about Cal Ripken and talking about like 2131, if people just share memories of 2131, I get goosebumps. Yeah. 
<laughs> you have that too? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, a topic where we cannot be objective. Like, it's not like, I can't be objective. I love this rumor. You know I've loved this rumor for years. Yeah. Uh, but I can't listen to this episode. I, can't, I listened to episode two, and I'm laughing at myself because I have goosebumps driving in the car listening to it. Yeah. I cannot be objective to this. Yeah. And no matter if – if they go and prove this rumor true, it will not destroy my idolization of Cal Ripken. Oh, I, could, I could care less I could, way. It doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. Part, like, part, part of the show is like – part of it is kind of dumb to me in the sense that – That it will destroy your relationship with baseball. It doesn't matter to me either way. It doesn't matter to me. If anything, I care less about that. Like, if I'm anything, and I want to know where the story goes. Yeah, but I, I don't care. <laughs> if anything, it's entertaining to me. I don't care. If they go out and prove that it's true, I am even more impressed that the Orioles shut off power. It yeah, doesn't. Kind of, yeah. It, I, it I doesn't make the streak fake to me. We've, well, well, no. Even besides the fact that he'd already had beaten. I mean, this is after twenty-one thirty-one to begin with. No, it's yes, it is. It's the year after. Yeah, it's the year after. He's done yeah. twenty-four hundred games or something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the streak's already done. Right. Anyway. So who cares? Um, but but even then, like, yeah, it's, it's the fact. It's 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 amazing. I I love this podcast uh, because yeah, you know, I've I, like I said, I've had a soft spot for this rumor. I tried to launch a podcast based on this rumor yeah. years ago. Apparently, I was a little too early. Sam stole my idea what, and did it way better. Podcast production company. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He has a production company behind him. He has actual reporters behind him and and access and stuff that I didn't have. So yeah. way better and impressive. And yeah, we'll get Sam on here soon. Right. He was on Bottle. He was on Bird's Eye View last week, so I kind of figured we'll space it out. Some. Uh, yeah, let's get a couple episodes under about. Yeah, that's what I figured. Let's get something to talk about, not just an introductory. Yeah. All right. That or, or we could just skip Sam, and we could just get Cal and, and Kevin on here. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they would love to talk about it. Yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm sure, I'm love, sure they, they would. Love the idea of their podcast. This podcast <laughs> yeah. How much? How, how excited do you think? They are now. Here's the thing. All right, Cal got divorced. What two years ago? Three years ago? Oh, I have no idea. A while ago. Okay. You know, he's with like the Annapolis Judge or something now. Right. And I have not. I have zero information about Cal's love life currently. All right. Look, here's what I'm gonna say. Cal's kids are grown. They're all grown up. He's divorced. Boys played at Norfolk. Yeah. Um. If this is a true rumor, he was divorced. If this is a true rumor. And I was Cal. I would want to go on to the podcast and talk about it. I would want to go on and say, "Yeah, Kelly cheated on me with with Kevin Costner." Yeah. I would want. I would want to go out there and put the truth out there right now. Um, despite my golden boy image, this doesn't. If this came out as all true, and Cal came on and, and sat down and said, "Yeah, this is true. This is what happened that night. I caught Kevin. I got in a fight with him. I was too emotionally drained, so I called the Orioles. I didn't have. It. I didn't want them to cut the power. They did that without me knowing. If he came out and did all that, it would make me like Cal even more. It wouldn't hurt his good boy image. It would be more like he was a uh, scorned lover that was hurt." So I, I, I'm like, go out there and tell your story, Cal. You're divorced. You're not. No, why protect her? Yeah, I guess so. I'm sorry. Now I'm just distracted looking at his love life and, <laughs> you, judge, and the judge. You, you must have forgot the story of during the pandemic when the judge had like a Zoom session and suddenly Cal's head popped into the head popped into the virtual background. Mm. 
No, I thought um, Cal's family, all the drama was, was with the mother. But no, that was that was years that, ago yeah. with the kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> the kidnapping, yeah, of um, Vivian. And yeah, and maybe it's yeah. because I am recently divorced. So if I had that story, I'd come out and share it. Yeah. But I think Cal should share the story. Unless it's in your in her in her um, in the paperwork, divorce paperwork that she's not, that he's not allowed to talk about it. Not allowed to talk about me on a podcast. Why would yeah, anyone have that? In, why would anyone put that in the paperwork? Ah, some people do, Josh. You never know. <laughs> oh, that All might right, be that might be next week's show. Yeah. Um, get get Cal on here, Josh. We'll talk about it. All right, sounds good. We'll break some news. Make some calls. Um, you know, right. oh, you, you know who you know who will break the news. I know how I know how we find out the news, and we can one up Sam. Yeah, let's give Billy a call. Okay, like you have Billy on speed dial. <laughs> let's let, let's let Billy share the story. Yeah, I mean, if 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 it, yeah, Billy bro, brothers know as, as we know brothers know. Yep. Um, all of their all their brothers' business. So exactly. Billy that's that's the, that's the angle. We're a brothers podcast. Yeah. It's time to bring the brothers we on. Get Billy on here to talk about like the World Series, just baseball and, and yeah, and then we just say, hey, kind of grease them up a little right. bit. And brother, in yeah, quiet. brother to brother. Yeah, just sneak yeah. those in. Um, yeah, it's like, man, I, I, uh, yeah, we'll just go. Yeah, so it'll be something like, man, I recently got divorced. I mean, and it sucks and all, but I, I'm sure that when Cal caught Kevin in with Kelly, you were saying they should get divorced too, right? Yeah. And we'll just sneak it in like that. Or just like share, like, hey, you got to just share crazy stories. We should take crazy stories of kind of wives and uh-huh. yeah, and see if he has any stories. Or yeah, yeah. My my favorite movie is Dancing with Wolves. What is your favorite Kevin Costner movie? Yeah, questions like that. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah. Talk about Kevin. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, Kevin we'll Costner. Right, is he a good baseball player? We'll work it out. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it. You got anything else, Josh, for the good of the cause? <laughs> I think I'm good. Maybe we'll bring right. back some uh, ball bag next week. All right, get I have some fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. No PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. So no PlayStation update. Girls. Yeah. All right. Well, check us out, guys, on iTunes. Write us a five-star review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, if you all do that for us, you can uh, follow the show on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Section 36 Show for all our updates. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Troca. All right. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. As always, go Oaks and go Ravens.
If you're looking to get a new car, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive. Sure, you love your old car, but you know it's not normal to give instructions on how to open the window. It should be self-explanatory, but it's not. And notice how when you're in other people's cars, you can feel cushion in the seats? That's pretty nice, right? No, it's just normal. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and put the savings toward a new car. It's time. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.